Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the podcast. And today I'm going to give my review of AEW's Dynamite. A couple of things I want to say right off the rip, man. And this might shock a lot of people, but it needs to be said. We're going to do a little bit stuff different with this review today, man. Because honestly, for what it's worth, if you guys watched Dynamite last night, like I did, um, I, honestly, for the first time, I don't really even know what to say about what I saw last night on Dynamite. So, we're going to talk about Tony Khan. Obviously, Tony Khan had some issues with uh, WWE. He made comments towards Jinder Mahal, who's getting a title shot against Seth Rollins next week on Raw. My thoughts on that. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks made the return last night on Dynamite at Daly's Place. We're going to talk about that and why I think it's a really bad decision that the Young Bucks might be the final challenger, challengers to Sting's final match. So, Let's get into it first, man. Let's talk about Dynamite. Um, last night, Dynamite, it was a homecoming show last night at Daly's Place. It was pretty much a tribute show or a uh, an honor to Brody Lee, uh, which was great. They played a clip from Brody Lee when he debuted at Daly's Place, which was a- absolutely awesome. And it was a great moment for AEW. Rest in peace to the late, great Brody Lee. Um, but this was a tribute show. This was a, this was a homecoming show for Dynamite and a tribute show to Brody Lee. Um, and the card itself, it, the card itself wasn't, terrible. I'm just going to say that right now. I know a lot of people are like, oh, the card was completely horrible. To me, the card was not that bad. Uh, Number one, Adam Page versus Claudio Castagnoli to open the show last night, to me, was a pay-per-view quality matchup, in my honest opinion. It was one of the best showings from Adam Page that we've seen since the match he had with Swerve. Uh, And Claudio Castagnoli's been doing a lot of great things with AEW, so this was definitely a pay-per-view quality matchup. After that, though, we kind of drift off. Uh, with the eight-man tag team matchup with Cassidy teaming up with Preston Vance, Dustin Rhodes, and Adam Copeland versus Cage, Lance Archer, and the Gates of Agony, that's kind of where you lost me. Because, and I'm going to tell you why. Number one, I understand why they did it. Again, it's a tribute to Brody Lee. Preston Vance obviously was uh, Dark Order's number 10 uh, when he was in the uh, the Dark Order. Now he's with uh, Roosh and his stable. Uh, the biggest thing I took away from this matchup was Adam Copeland. Uh, to me, Adam Copeland didn't need to be in this matchup. To me, I think Copeland needs to focus on Christian and the TNT Championship, and I feel like this was just a match that Tony Khan just randomly put together. Was not a big fan of this matchup at all. And then we get to Samoa Joe. This Again, this was probably one of the other great things about last night's show. We get a little bit of continued storyline with Samoa Joe. Obviously, Hook had called out uh, Samoa Joe during a promo on Collision, which a lot of people are up in arms about. And honestly, for what it's worth, I'm not, you know, am I happy about it? No, but am, am I a person that's like, you know what, Hook doesn't deserve a shot? No. This is what I, this is how I feel about the whole Hook situation with Samoa Joe. And uh, again, this has a lot to do with what I will talk about later with Tony Khan and the comments that he made towards Jinder Mahal in WWE. Um, Hook right now, I think his record's 28-1, if I'm not mistaken. So if we're going on off rankings, yeah, he's a, a top dog right now in AEW. My issue with Hook is, and even during this promo, you had, you know, from Samoa Joe, this segment, you know, Joe says that there's going to be a championship protocol and that he wants to focus on in-ring stuff, which I agree with him 110%. He doesn't want to focus on people, you know, shooting their shot on, you know, Twitter or X trying to lobby themselves for a title shot. He wants competitors to earn it, which I agree with Samoa Joe 110% on that. But during this segment, you had Swerve. Swerve comes out to the ring with Prince Nana and the Mogul Embassy. You know, it looks like Swerve was calling his shot for the uh, AEW World Championship. Then we also get Adam Page. And then after that, we get Hook 
And Hook gets face-to-face with Samoa Joe and says next week. So it looks like we're going to get Samoa Joe versus Hook for the AEW World Championship. This is my issue with Hook. Hook has a great record. I will give Hook all the credit in the world. But as I started thinking about it, I started thinking about other competitors that were in a that are in AEW that had title shots and it didn't really go too well. And the biggest one of the 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 names that popped in my head was Wardlow. And my thing with Wardlow is at one time when Wardlow was having this you know great storyline with MJF, he was one of the biggest draws and biggest baby faces in the company at that time. You know, he goes through all this stuff with MJF, and then he finally beats MJF. He gets away from MJF, and the first match you give him back after he beat MJF was J.D. Drake. So I feel like after Wardlow went through all this great storyline with MJF, Tony Khan had no idea what the hell to do with Wardlow. So you have to ask yourself this question. If, you know, when this match does take place possibly next week, and it's going to be Hook versus Samoa Joe for the AEW World Championship, where does Hook go after he loses to Samoa Joe? Because for what it's worth, I'm sorry... And this might be a hot take. I, I don't see Hook beating Samoa Joe. I don't. Hell, one of his legs is pretty much the same size as Hook. I, I don't see Hook beating Samoa Joe. I don't. And there's no way in hell that you're going to have him beat Samoa Joe, meaning beating M, uh, MJF for the World Championship and then drop the belt to Hook. I don't see it. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Hook, but to me, I put Swerve in that position with Samoa Joe first, to be honest with you. I think Swerve deserves the opportunity. He deserves a title shot. He's had more memorable moments on AEW. He's had high-quality matches, especially with Adam Page, Brian Danielson, stuff like that. He's had high-profile matches where Hook has not. And Hook's predominantly been wrestling on Rampage and stuff like that, where he's not really being showcased all that much on Dynamite and Collision, for that matter. So, again, the main thing with Hook is, is like, yeah, his record speaks volumes, but who the hell did he face to get that record? And number two... I don't see him beating Samoa Joe. And number three, where the hell are you going to put Hook after he probably will lose to Samoa Joe? Is this going to be the same issue that Warlow had after he beat MJF and had that great storyline? And that is 100% blame on Tony Khan. 100%. Um, we also have the girls' tag, uh, eight, eight-woman eight tag team matchup last night. It had Willow Nightingale, Statlander, Anna Jay, and Thunder Rosa teaming up against Soraya, Ruby Soho, Sky Blue, and Julia Hart. It's the same thing with the men's tag team, man. I don't know why this was booked. I, I get it. You know, obviously, NJ has ties to Brody Lee. Uh, and obviously, you know, Thunder Rose has been there almost since day one with Daly's place and stuff like that. I just, I'm not understanding why these matches were booked last night because it leads to no storylines at all. We also have Roderick Strong versus Brian Keith, which honestly, I was also kind of pissed off about when, you know, I was happy that Strong won the match, but then Cole has a segment and it's literally the same shit that he said last week saying, oh, we're going after gold, and Roddy's going after the international championship, and Taven and Bennett got the Ring of Honor championships, and Warlord's going to go after the world championship. You said the same shit last week that you're saying that you're reiterating this week. It's the same damn thing. What is the point of that? If you're going to do it, then go do it. Orange Cassidy ain't doing shit, so why is Roderick Strong not going after Cassidy at this very moment? Cassidy's cherry-picking opponents. I mean, Christ, he just wrestled not too long ago Rocky Romero. I don't even think Rocky Romero is even employed with the company. You're just handing out title shots. This is, the, and, and honestly, for what it's worth, this comes down to storyline. I'm sorry, but this comes down to storyline. You know, a lot of people were also anticipating Mercedes Monet. Look, man, for what it's worth, I told y'all last week. I, me personally, I had to see see it to believe it. But would I be surprised if Mercedes doesn't come to AEW and goes back to WWE? No, I won't be surprised. Absolutely not. Mercedes knows exactly what the hell she's doing. Absolutely, and Tony Khan is just not 
put in any storylines, especially with the women's roster. It's just not happening. So, like I said, the show last night wasn't terrible, but none of the show last night made sense. And I feel like Tony Khan backed himself in a corner. Speaking of Tony Khan, and this is one of the biggest things that I thought about, and yeah, I was going to do a video yesterday, but I really wanted to evaluate everything that was said from Tony Khan to member people over at Fox to USA to Jenner Mahal to even Eric Bischoff, who's also made comments towards Tony Khan. Now, the issue, if you guys don't know, there was an issue with, I believe it was somebody from Fox who said something to, or something on the premises of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, if you guys don't know who the Jacksonville Jaguars are, they're an NFL franchise team that is owned by the Khan family. Um, and they unfortunately, they didn't make the playoffs this year to go into, you know, maybe get a Super Bowl opportunity. Maybe. They didn't make the playoffs, so somebody from Fox made a comment pertaining to the Jacksonville Jaguars that obviously pissed off Tony Khan. Then somehow this goes from Fox Network to USA and Tony Khan makes a comment about Jinder Mahal getting an opportunity at Seth Rollins' World Heavyweight Championship when he hasn't won a damn match in over a year. So for that, Tony Khan's not wrong on that comment when it pertains to Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal hasn't done shit in over a year. The issue that I have with this, with Tony, you know, pertaining to Tony Khan, is you need to keep your mouth shut. And I hate saying that, look... To me, someone needs to take this man's phone away and get him the hell away from Twitter. It just, and I read so many other people's comments and stuff and, and really try to you know dissect everything everybody was saying. And honestly, a lot of people weren't wrong. This makes AEW inferior to WWE. And honestly, for what it's worth, this makes Tony Khan look like a pissed-off fanboy to WWE. That he didn't get his way, he didn't get his special toy or something like that, and he looks like he's pissed off and taking it out on WWE and Jinder Mahal and WWE talent. That does not pertain to Tony Khan. Tony Khan was also pissed off because <clears throat> everybody was giving him flack, supposedly, about Hook challenging Samoa Joe for the championship. And he said, Well, why is there, you know, why is Hook getting all this rage from fans when Jinder Mahal is getting a title shot against Seth Rollins and there's no rage at all? Why are you so invested in another company when you're having a hard time being invested into your own? And I'm not the only one saying this, man. I, you know, there's people out there saying, Oh, well, you know, he's a WWE fan. Yeah, I don't mind WWE, but do I cover it? No, it's just my own personal preference. I don't hate WWE. I just, I like AEW. And I like to cover AEW. But when the shit's bad, I'm going to tell you the shit's bad. And last night was bad. Last night was 100% bad. There was no storylines really besides Samoa Joe. And that was it. You know, and my thing is, you know, with Tony Khan being on Twitter and bashing WWE and Jinder Mahal and all this other shit, it doesn't make sense, man. It, it just, it shows how inferior you are to WWE. It shows that Tony Khan is like a spoiled brat, man, to be honest with you. And look, yeah, a lot of people might, you know, might say, oh, well, you know, Tony Khan, you know, he's a mastermind behind getting eyeballs on his own product. Really what he's doing is a mastermind of people getting behind watching this match between Jinder Mahal and Seth Rollins. He's selling that match more than he's selling his own matches right now, to be honest with you. And right now, Tony Khan... The issue that I have with Tony Khan is, is that, you know, when it comes down to brass tacks, I mean, this also happened not too long ago. I think it was like four or five months ago or six months ago where he made comments towards NXT. He made comments towards Triple H and Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels and all this other shit. It's the same thing, man. I, you know, Tony Khan needs to focus on AEW. You know, their whole mission statement was being the alternative, but right now it looks like it's not, to be honest with you. And this also might be a hot take, but right now, I know AEW was trying to be number two. 
Right now, they're looking like they're number three in the U.S. right now, and TNA is probably slotted at number two, which I will get into TNA here in a minute and my thoughts on TNA moving forward. But when it pertains to Tony Khan, it, it's just, you got to stay off Twitter, man. You got to stop doing this, this bullshit about, okay, well, you know, well, Hook got all this rage and all this flack from, you know, him challenging uh, Samoa Joe, but Jinder Mahal is not getting anything, or Jinder Mahal is getting, you know, Pat it on the back for this opportunity for against Seth Rollins. Who gives a shit what Jinder Mahal is doing? AEW and Tony Khan shouldn't even give. Should he even think about what WWE is doing? Period. AEW needs to focus on AEW and build that brand. And again, this also pertains to Hook. Look, I'm all for AEW building and putting more into their talent. I'm all for that. But like I said, my standpoint has been the same. If Hook does challenge Samoa Joe next week. I do see Samoa Joe beating Hook, but then after that, what the hell do you do with Hook after that? Because you're not really doing anything with the FTW Championship that he's holding right now. He's not doing shit with that title. And that title, unfortunately, is irrelevant. It means jack shit on AEW television. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. AEW already has enough titles as it is. And some of those titles have, you know, took a back seat. And it's the truth. So my question to everybody here is if Hook does lose... What do you do with Hook after that? Does he go back on Rampage? Does he try to defend his FTW championship? That means absolutely nothing. That's my issue. That I think as fans, we need to think about that as well. You know, Tony Khan's going to build up Hook and build up Hook and build up Hook, and then he loses to Samoa Joe, and then you got him wrestling on Ring of Honor or Rampage, which those two shows mean absolutely nothing. And you guys know my standpoint on Ring of Honor. It's a shit show. Period end. It's behind a paywall. You're getting mid-card people on this on Ring of Honor trying to build talent. And you're not even putting them on Dynamite. You're not even really showcasing them on Dynamite. And what you're doing, honestly, is depriving more of AEW shit on AEW than you are Ring of Honor. Prime example. I've seen more of the Ring of Honor six-man tag team belts being defended on AEW television or AEW pay-per-views than the AEW six-man trios tag team championships that are currently being held by the acclaimed. That's this example number one. So, again, you had to ask yourself, I mean, look, big fan of Eddie Kingston, but you've seen more of the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship and the Ring of Honor Championship, really, than any other championship that we have on the roster right now, besides maybe, okay, yeah, you could say the World Championship from MJF, but besides that, really nothing. I got all the respect in the world for Christian, too, but how many title defenses have Christian have with that the TNT Championship? Not many. Not many. But I will say this, and when it pertains to Christian, Christian has done a hell of a job with the TNT, uh, TNT Championship, because he's getting eye, eyeballs on that championship. He's getting people excited about that TNT championship. But all in all, man, I mean, I think personally, as a fan, Tony Khan needs to stay off Twitter. I, and I've said the same thing, too. If you guys have been here since day one, when I first started covering, uh, covering NWA, the same thing I said about Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan needed to take all the stuff that he had and take it to the back. He does not need to be on television. He needs to be in a backstage role, and that's it. And Tony Khan's done a, a fair... I would say fair assessment on that. He's been more or less backstage, but the problem with the difference between Billy Corgan and, and Tony Khan is you don't see Billy Corgan tweeting all this dumbass shit on Twitter where Tony Khan's tweeting all this stuff, being a spoiled-ass brat, and going after a uh, WWE. Who cares what WWE's doing? Who gives a shit what WWE's doing right now? Because at the end of the day, WWE is like 50 years ahead of AEW. You know, they're a global brand. You know, and AEW, you know, okay, you want to try to play catch-up. It's just not going to happen. WWE right now is red hot. 
with Triple H being a part of creative and being head of creative right now, WWE is firing on all cylinders, and Triple H knows exactly what the hell he's doing, and he has the backing from Nick Khan. It's a win-win. They also are working, <clears throat> obviously, with Endeavor. It's a win-win for WWE. My other thing that I was talking about too briefly ago was TNA. Now, to me personally, TNA, you know, I was a fan of TNA back in the day, and I told you guys this, TNA back in the day was awesome. I think TNA, you know, when they had Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Daniels, uh, Abyss, you know, the, just to name a couple guys that were on that roster, you know, obviously Beer Money, it was a solid foundation that, that TNA had at, at that time. But right now, with what Scott Demore is doing with TNA, man, they're firing on all cylinders. These new championships that he, you know, TNA and Scott Demore have been presenting and showing people on Twitter or on their YouTube channel, these belts look incredible. You know, I think Hard to Kill pay-per-view is this weekend. It's a stacked card, man. It's stacked. And I think TNA is slowly starting to become the number two brand right now in the States, in my honest opinion, as of right now. You know, and I just think AEW is taking a back seat. And a lot of people even said to me the other day, well, you're kind of harsh on AEW. What about Will Ospreay? Yeah, Will Ospreay is a great talent. He's a great talent. My issue with Ospreay is, is the same thing I said about Hook, the same thing I said about Wardlow. When he comes into AEW, where the hell do you slot Will Ospreay? Number one. Number two, is it going to be the same thing where you, you know, build all this stuff and build all this hype with, uh, with Ospreay and then it all goes away? That's my thing, and that, it, it really, when it comes down to brass tacks, it comes down to creative. Osprey is a phenomenal talent, one of the best in the world, hands down. But what do you do with Osprey? And right now, for what it's worth, depending on the situation with MJF, he could be out for a possible year with injury. You're going to need a guy like Osprey. Kenny Omega's gone with right now with diverticulitis. He's out indefinitely. Who knows when Omega returns or if he does return. MJF is possibly out for a year as well. Adam Cole is also out with an ankle injury. I mean, you got high-profile names right now on that roster that are going to be out possibly for the rest of the year. So you need a guy like Osprey, because right now the, the AEW right now Samoa Joe is carrying this on his back. I would say Joe, maybe Tony Storm as well. They're carrying AEW on their back right now, a hundred percent. And I think so. I th honestly, for what it's worth, I think Samoa Joe can handle. It. I think Samoa Joe being world champion is absolutely awesome. And Samoa Joe, to me, was the right guy to beat MJF. The things he was doing in AEW has been absolutely phenomenal. And I'm happy that Samoa Joe did become the AEW world champion. Not taking anything from MJF, but this also gives MJF time to heal and come back even stronger. Even MJF had said that sometimes, you know, the character that he had, uh, it, was, it, was getting, it was getting dull. You know, he needed to take some time off, obviously, to heal up and everything else like that and come back and kind of reinvent himself again which I'm all for. Hopefully he comes back healthy and everything works out for MJF and he comes back and goes after Samoa Joe's AEW World Championship. But um, like I said, man, I mean, last night, it just the AEW show just wasn't that great. It just wasn't. There really wasn't no storylines being built up. You know, they got obviously Revolution coming up. And then that's the other thing too, speaking of Revolution, is the Young Bucks. And I really wanted to talk about this issue as well. Number one, it's great to see Matt and Nick Jackson back. I'm happy to see them back into the fold again. In AEW, they've been gone since uh, full gear, and now they are back with AEW. Um, and they showed up last night, kind of had a stare down with Darby Allen and Sting. And it looks like the Young Bucks will be Sting's final opponent at Revolution. To me, like I said, it's great to see the Young Bucks back, but I am not a fan of this match. I'm not. Young Bucks are, are as cold as ice right now. They have done anything. 
even when they were in AEW before they left, I mean, it was kind of cold for the Young Bucks. They really weren't doing anything. They weren't really invested into the AEW Tag Team Division. It was kind of cold for the Bucks. Uh, and to see them come back and have this last match with Sting and Darby Allen. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that Sting maybe didn't have a part in this and say, you know what, I wanted Matt and Nick Jackson to be my last opponents in AEW. But to me, as a fan, I would rather have seen Sting versus Darby Allen and Sting kind of passing the torch to Darby Allen. Because Sting, to, to me, Darby Allen has a lot of resemblance to Sting. And Sting, you know, even when he turned into the Crow, string, uh, the Crow Sting and obviously the Surfer Sting. In my honest opinion, I think Darby has a lot of Sting influence, I would say. And to me, it just, it fit perfectly, man. Darby and Sting have been teaming up since Sting has been in AEW, you know, and Darby's kind of been learning from Sting, and Sting's kind of been learning from Darby. I mean, that bump that he took last night with that table spot, man, looked absolutely brutal when he did that scorpion death drop off that concrete barrier down to those tables below, man. I, I thought Sting was going to be injured, injured for real. Like, it was bad. But Sting got up, did a... Uh, cut a promo with, uh, or have a segment with um, Tony Schiavone. And Tony Schiavone was asking about his mat his final match of Revolution, and then we see the Young Bucks. So Sting, you know, Sting is one of those guys, man. He is just incredible, you know. And I'm looking forward to his last match, but I didn't want it to be the Young Bucks. I don't. You know, I thought when the Young Bucks were going to come back, I thought they were going to be more in line with the AEW Tag Team division. You know, it's the same thing that we saw with, uh, I think it was last week's Dynamite with Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn returning his private party and saying that they're going to go after the tag team division and go after the AEW Tag Team Championships. And I thought this was going to be the same thing when it pertains to the Young Bucks, and that's not. It looks like the Young Bucks have their mindset set on Sting and Darby Allin, and I just don't quite understand it. It's great to see him back, but I don't understand this matchup between the Bucks and Sting and Darby Allin. But, um, you know, like I said, man, long story short, was Dynamite a solid show last night? It was decent at best. It just was a storyline driven, period end. And to be honest with you, you know, all the shit with Tony Khan and Jinder Mahal and <clears throat> everything on Twitter, it just, it made the company look inferior. It made the company look bad. It made Tony Khan look bad. You know, and honestly, for what it's worth, it put Tony Khan really helped out Jinder Mahal's match more than Hook, to be honest with you. He's put more hype into it. And, you know, honestly, and this is the other thing too, and I think this is also a really hot take, is, you know, really what, what, what Tony Khan did, you know, the other, yesterday with this back and forth banter between him and WWE, this does, you know, this speaks tribalism, absolutely, because Tony Khan, you know, opening his mouth and bashing Jinder Mahal and bashing WWE talent and everything else like that, so you're kind of creating that tribalism by doing that, where you have one side being AEW and one side WWE, and, and for what it's worth, and I said a lot of things about NWA and Billy Corgan, TNA, and everything else like this. At the end of the day, man, for me personally, as a fan, as a fan, I, all I want is good wrestling. That's it. I, I don't have any tribalism with AEW. Yes, I cover AEW, but if you guys have been here since day one, you guys have seen that I've covered NWA. My Monday Night Madness episodes will be about Nitro or WCW pay-per-views or WrestleMania's King of the Ring for WWE. There's no tribalism here, man. I just I covered the things that I like. In AEW, I was a fan of AEW, and I also am a fan of WWE as well. You know, when AEW came into you know was created, I was all for it. It was a alternative to WWE because all we had was WWE and TNA or Impact. I should say, really wasn't doing anything at that time. Now, with what Scott Demore is doing with TNA and having a revamp and bringing the name back and new belts, you know, TNA is firing on all cylinders. And I told you guys this 
last week that TNA is on another level right now. And I personally right now, you know, I'm not going to sit here and rule out that I possibly might not cover TNA once in the blue moon. I'm not ruling it out. might be a shock to some of y'all, but I'm liking what TNA is doing. I like that there's no bullshit. There's no drama with TNA. And they care about the wrestling aspect, and I'm all for that. And I think this pay-per-view that they're going to have, I believe, this weekend, which is hard to kill, it's going to be it's going to be a solid pay-per-view. And I'm all for it. you know. But this tribalism shit between AEW and WWE needs to stop. It, it needs to stop. And here's the other thing, too, especially when it pertains to mercedes Monet. <clears throat> what Tony Khan did on Twitter also pushed away Mercedes, to be honest with you as well. And as far as mercedes Monet. If she shows up in AEW, I have to see it to believe it at this point. I could see Sasha or Mercedes going back to WWE, being a part of the Royal Rumble, and making her return through the Rumble. And that's exactly what I would do with mercedes Monet. And, the, and another match I would book her in is teaming up with Bailey against the Kabuki Warriors with Asuka and Kairi Sane at WrestleMania. That's how I would bring back mercedes Monet. It makes the most sense right now. If that, if that was the... You know the direction WWE and Triple H were going to go with bringing back Mercedes. I'm all for it. I'm absolutely all for it. But again, you know, at the end of the day, it what Tony Khan did really made AEW inferior, and it put a lot more spotlight on Jinder Mahal's match next week on Raw with Seth Rollins. It just was a bad look from Tony Khan. Period. It just wasn't a boss move. It wasn't a CEO move. It just made the company look bad. And I think Tony Khan needs to focus on what he has in front of him. And what I mean by that is what is on his plate right now. Being AEW, and if you want to bring in Ring of Honor to the mix, that's what you need to focus on right now. You need to stop focusing on what WWE is doing and everything else like that and be a boss and be worried about your own company. Because right now, WWE is not giving a rat's ass what you're doing right now. They don't have to. That's the, And that's the beauty part of WWE. They don't have to focus on what Tony Khan's doing because at the end of the day, they want to focus on what they got in front of them. And right now, sky's the limit for WWE. They got Elimination Chamber coming up here, uh, I think, what, next month in Australia. They got uh, the Royal Rumble. It's one of their top four pay-per-views every year. Rumble's a big deal. You know, they got uh, another pay-per-view in Germany. They're, They're going all around the world right now, man, and they're firing on all cylinders. You got the return of The Rock. And The Rock wants to challenge Roman Reigns to be the head of the table. You got the return of CM Punk and how that fits in with Seth Rollins. You got Cody Rhodes. You got, obviously, Gunther on his Intercontinental Championship streak. Right now, Gunther has final boss written all over him. You know, absolutely. Who's going to dethrone Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship? Who's going to dethrone Roman Reigns? Will it be The Rock at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia? Or will it be Cody Rhodes? You know what I mean? Like, WWE's firing on all cylinders right now, and WrestleMania 40 is going to be incredible. In my honest opinion, incredible. Must see to me, in my honest opinion. But AEW needs to focus on what brought them to the dance at the end of the day. If you want to be the alternative, then be the alternative. Don't be like WWE. Don't be like Vince McMahon. Be like Tony Khan and be like AEW. That's it. Focus on what brought you to the dance. And, And that, I mean, that's to me, that's the best way I can put this. Stop focusing on what they're doing and focus on what's in front of you. Whether it is AEW or whether it is Ring of Honor, focus on what you have. Stop being petty. Stop being spoiled. Stop saying, oh, well, they said this. I'm going to say that. Who gives a shit what WWE says or what they're doing? Focus on what you got. Because right now, what you're saying and how you're acting is just not, it's not boss material, man. It's just not. 
It's petty. It's childish. It's just not what we need right now with AEW. And I told you guys this before. AEW, especially Collision, they need a hard reset. And that's what AEW needs to do. You can't just rely, oh, because, well, this person's injured now. The show's going to be, you know, taking a downslope. Omega's out, so because he's out, it, it ruins the entire show. Or Adam Cole's out, it ruins the entire show. Yeah, I'm all for building talent that you have on the roster. And I said this about Hook. I, I appreciate what Tony Khan's doing with Hook. The only thing I said bad about Hook, and I'm going to reiterate this one last time, I'm all for Hook getting an opportunity at Samoa Joe. His record already solidifies him as a top dog right now in AEW to challenge for the AEW World Championship. The only issue I have with this is not Hook challenging Samoa Joe. Is if Joe beats Hook, what do you do with Hook after he possibly loses to Samoa Joe? And you got, I mean, as fans, as AEW fans, you guys have to understand what I'm saying here. Because you look at other factors like Wardlow. What do you do? What did you do with Wardlow after he went through that storyline with MJF? Nothing. You did nothing. That, that's prime example number one. That's the biggest example that I have. Nothing. And there's other, I mean, it's the same thing with Abaddon. Look, you know, Abaddon has, and I'm going to reiterate this, a very low ceiling in AEW. Yes, she challenged Julia Hart for the TBS championship. And I'm going to tell you exactly why that happened. It's because Tony Khan and AEW had nobody else at the time to slot in for Julia Hart. Period. I'm sorry, but it is the truth. And what's Abaddon doing now? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Here's the other thing too. Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa was out for what? 18 months. 18 months she was gone from injury. No video package. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. No word from Thunder Rosa. Nothing. No video pack. I mean, there were so many things they could have done with a video package for Thunder Rosa. But you get a Thunder, you get a video package for Serena D, which I am looking forward to seeing her back in AEW. It's you know, it's a great return for AEW, especially when it pertains to the women's locker room. But we've now seen a couple times, two or three times now, a video package shown for Serena Deeb. Why couldn't we get that with Thunder Rosa? It's the same thing how I, I said the same thing about Tony Khan, you know, last year or two years ago. Tony Khan has his select favorites, like a Britt Baker and the Young Bucks and, you know, some other talent that's on AEW right now that he's, you know, super, super fans of that get high quality treatment where a lot of people on AEW do not. You know, again, this might affect Mercedes even showing up on AEW. It, it, it could be, man. I mean, it's just one of those things where, I mean, this is the first time that I actually took notes on the show and have no inkling really to go for move for move every single match for the first time of me doing this. Because the show last night was not that good. It just wasn't. I think Collision was almost the same as the show last night. And that's saying a lot, because Collision has taken a humongous backseat since they let go CM Punk. And it's shown, man. If you guys watch Collision, you guys know. I mean, come on. Ever since CM Punk has left Collision and left AEW, that show has been hurting. I mean, look at FTR. Like, yeah, FTR has a storyline with House of Black. Okay, great. Why are they not chasing after the AEW Tag Team Championships? Answer me that question. Because you can't. At the end of the day... Tony Khan is lacking creative for AEW, and it's showing, 100% showing. You know, it's great to see Deanna Perrazzo back and going after Tony Storm. Okay, that's great. But are you going to be that invested in that match with no storyline? Probably not. Probably not. What you're waiting for is Deanna Perrazzo's first match under the AEW umbrella. That's what you're waiting for. And, hopefully, and we're going to see that here soon. I believe she has a match. Her debut is on Collision. 
Looks like she's going up against Red Velvet this Saturday on Collision. That's what people want to see. It's her debut matchup. That's it. Tony Khan needs to hit the reset button. He needs to hit the reset button, the reset button on AEW and needs to stay the hell off Twitter. Period. And focus on what's in front of you. Focus on the brand. Focus on AEW, building your talent, and creating storylines. And that's severely lacking right now for AEW, and it's showing. You know, you know, even look what happened with QT Marshall. You know, even though I wasn't a big fan of QT Marshall and I wasn't a big fan of the factory, you know, QT Marshall also said on Twitter that AEW is starting to go, you know, leaning towards New Japan kind of style of wrestling and All Japan Pro Wrestling, where there really wasn't storylines. It was just in-your-face pro wrestling. Okay, some fans might like that. Some. But some fans also like the story of the what, the when, and the where, and how do we get here. And that's what a lot of fans like, and that's what a lot of fans gravitate towards. And we're not getting that with AEW, especially when it pertains to the women's roster. We're just not getting it, man. That Sheeta versus Tony Storm match meant nothing. Why? Because there was no storyline behind that match. And Sheeta looked already checked out in that match. And Tony Storm looked like she gave a rat's ass about Sheeta. There's no storyline behind it, man. Fans can't sink their teeth into this storyline because there is none. And it's hurting AEW. Look at the ratings for Collision. Ratings for Collision have... I mean, if you're a ratings person, <coughs> the ratings for Collision have spoke volumes. It's slowly, slowly going down. So you tell me. You don't think CM Punk has something to do with the ratings going down on Collision? I think so. I also think the show was built directly around CM Punk. Now that we don't have Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk, in AEW anymore, what are you going to do? And like I said, yes, I'm happy that he's building younger talent and current talent on the roster, but what about Collision? And I mentioned this to you guys multiple times, that there needs to be a hard roster split. Period. Half the roster on AEW, half the roster on Collision. You had the AEW World Championship floating back from Collision to Dynamite. You have the TNT Championship solely on Collision because it's on TNT Network. Then you have the International Championship. I mean, the AEW Tag Team Championship can float back and forth from Collision to Dynamite as well as the AEW Women's Championship can float back and forth from Dynamite to Collision. Then you keep the TBS Championship on Dynamite because why? Dynamite's on TBS. It just makes logical sense. Because I'll, I'll answer, me, answer me this question here. On Collision right now, what is what is what is there to fight for? There's no belt on Collision. Nothing. Nothing. So how can fans be invested or sink their teeth into Collision when there's nothing to fight for on Collision? Even the superstars on Collision. The only thing they're fighting for right now is TV time. And there's still people on AEW's roster right now that are still not even getting that. They're getting on Ring of Honor. Not Dynamite nor Collision. So at the end of the day, like I said, man... This was just one of those things and one of those you know times with AEW that I really wanted to talk about the news. I didn't really want to go over the show because there, it wasn't really newsworthy. I know a lot of people were talking about what Tony Khan had said about Jinder Mahal and WWE, and I wanted to give my opinion on that. You know, to me, like I said, Tony Khan needs to stay off Twitter and focus on what's in front of him, focus on AEW and his own brand, and not be so fixated on WWE. That's I think that's the biggest thing for Tony Khan. And the other biggest thing in the room, I'm going to continue to continuously keep saying this, you need to focus on creative. That's it, man. If, they, if Tony Khan can do that, there'll be no problem. There'll be no problem. But until then, it's going to be the same thing every single week. And it's sad because I really want AEW to you know, be the alternative 
and be the number two show behind WWE. And right now, I just don't think it's I don't think it's that right now for AEW and Tony Khan. But um, with that being said, this is kind of my review for AEW Dynamite. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful and remember, stay classic. Peace.